when February came, and that's Black History Month. Um, I had spent some time with friends in, in D.C. over the weekend, and a teacher there had this whole curriculum built out for the month. And she sent a note home to parents and said, you know, I want you to get involved and, and talk about this with your children. And it's, she's a white teacher, and my, my friends are black, and I thought that was great. So I went to my son's teacher, sent her an email, and I said, what do you all have planned? I said, this is what someone else is doing. Are you doing anything similar? How can I help? And her reply was, we will be celebrating all Americans for the month of February. And that was it. Desiree Tucker moved to Frederick County from Prince George's County for the opportunity to send her children to a better school system. Her husband had qualms about their kids attending school in a largely white county, but Tucker was less concerned. Until her child went to kindergarten and she noticed microaggressions, unintentional or intentional slights towards minority kids. Tucker, who is on the school's parent-teacher association, formed Women's Solve to help start adding more diversity to the curriculum used by Frederick County Public Schools. So from there, I decided I needed to have a conversation with the principal, and I did that at the end of the year. And I also met with the school counselor, and we just talked openly about what they think they've tried to do or um, and and my goals as well. You know, my first thought was a cultural diversity day. I did that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, the country that we picked, we picked Japan because my uncle was stationed there at the time, and that was great. You know, we made, I learned to make yakisoba in elementary school, and um, my best friend and I dressed up and, you know, did display boards and learned a lot about the culture, and, and it was wonderful. So that was my first suggestion. And the principal said to me, well, this is where we are. We have this cultural competency thing, and it has a number of steps. And she said, I'm stuck at step number two because we have teachers who are just not interested in teaching cultural diversity. So that's how it started. All right. So... Just to go back to that moment where you're talking to the teacher, how did that make you feel when she's like, we're, study- we're going to study all Americans? So, I mean, immediately it stopped me in my tracks. And I even reached out to my other friends and said, okay, fam, how, you know, how do we handle this? Um, and it made, me, it made me feel like certainly the conversation was over as far as she's concerned. And and she was a, a great teacher for my son. She really was. We had had an open relationship, open dialogue. She was very responsive, even calling me on a weekend if she hadn't gotten back to me, you know, with an email during the week. So I was rather surprised by her just sort of bluntness. Um, and I just was trying to figure out where to go. From there, because for me, that was not good enough. Just, you know, saying that, oh, we'll be celebrating all Americans. Okay, well, what does that look like? Let's open up the conversation. I'm asking, how can I help? What can I do? And there was just no interest. 
So, so with that, um, some of the conversations that I've t- talked to other people about is the idea of February is Black History Month, um, as that kind of the only time that it's talked about. Do you think that besides, you know, beyond February, that's a good start, but we need to start talking every month? Absolutely. And that's certainly what I would like to see this year happen within the PTA. One of the things that um, I did even before my son was a student uh, was the summer before he started his kindergarten year. They posted, the PTA posted an ad saying, we're looking for a fundraising chair. And I applied and got it. And one of the reasons that I did that was because I wanted to be in the school. I wanted folks to see that, you know, this is a little black boy who has parents who care about him, and here I am, and here he is, and here is his father, and we're here for him. So, um, yeah. So what about your son's class, or the makeup of your son's class? Was he the only person... Um, who was a minority in that class? Was it mostly white students? It was mostly white students. There were two other minorities. He was the only black student. Um, and I'll tell you a quick story about I volunteered one day in his class, and that was a great experience because, you know, just seeing how little people, you know, re- react to each other and, and just the dynamics was was fascinating. There was a little boy in there, and it was there was a substitute there for the day. And she just couldn't get his name right to the point where the children in the class kept correcting her. There's another name that's easier, you know, in quotes for Americans to pronounce or people that aren't used to the name. Um, And all day long, she mispronounced his name. She was a lovely, lovely woman, but it's little things like that, you know, that, that make a difference and people don't notice it necessarily and they think oh you know I'm just having a hard time pronouncing it and you know I'm busy and um, have all these kids to watch but it's something you know it's little stuff like that um, that really affect children and it affects not just the child but the children around him um, or her and it even, you know, affects how you feel when you go home and the conversations that you have with your family. And and what about your son? Is he noticing that he's ever treated differently or having those moments where someone's making a slight? So we're, we're having conversations. I had a lot of conversations with him last year. He comes home and says, you know, why why is my skin this color? You know, why don't I have white skin? And why does my hair look like this? Why isn't it straight? Um, so I have to have these conversations. And we, it's not, this isn't the first time we've had these conversations um, just about, you know, self-awareness and self-pride and all people are beautiful. But he's certainly now, I think, more than ever noticing the difference. And with that, you know, if you start talking about diversity in the, in the schools, do you think that's going to help him and, and help other minority students to, with dealing with that? So exposure is big, um, and I think that certainly does make a difference. You know, if you're not around 
people who look different from you, if you don't grow up with people who look different from you and you don't spend time inside their homes to see, oh, well, they're just, they're, their family is just like my family, um, then, you know, you can believe in stereotypes or really think there is some sort of, you know, difference there that does not exist. Um, so certainly teaching it within the classroom can help. But there's also a, a huge portion of this is understanding, understanding what it feels like to be isolated or to feel like you're isolated, to have no one around you who looks like you, who you feel like can relate to you. No teachers, no administrators, no students all day long. And so for you, teaching about diversity in the, in the school, what does it start to look like if you had to kind of give advice or give suggestions? So with the PTA, my thought was we can do events once a month. And it doesn't always have to be about, you know, uh, the pain of the past. You know, there are lots of wonderful programs right now. There's a, a man whose name is um, Barrington Irving, and he has a flying school. It's called Flying Classrooms. And he flies planes as a pilot, and he brings his plane to the local airfield, bring the children out. They learn about aviation and about mechanics and, you know, learn his story. He's a black man. There are also lots of dance troops. We can bring in performances and people to tell their family history and story and um, where kids can, you know, ask questions and look and feel um, different items just, again, to help that connection. And now with the school systems, I know that your son is a little young, um, mm -hmm. but one of the big issues is just the um, to get the gaps in achievement rates or yeah. um, suspension rates. Is that something that you hope that the diversity curriculum could also address and help the teachers with more exposure? Yes, I think it's all related. You know, my particular organization, while right now we're focusing on the curriculum portion, getting the policy in place and then, you know, enforcing the curriculum change. But it's all related. And it starts at the top. If the teachers aren't participating and willing to do it, then it's, it's not going to, it's not going to make a difference. And teachers spend more time with our children very often than we do. You know, parents work full time, both parents like my husband and I. And, you know, at night, it's, it's just a grind just to try to get through dinner, dinner and, and homework and bedtime and all of that. Um, so they're with them all day long. And I don't, and, and teachers don't necessarily, some, some teachers don't necessarily realize the slights, you know, the, the, how you treat one child a little bit differently. But that child notices, and me as a parent, I notice. Um, and so you, you know, mentioned that it's not always about the pain in the past. But when you look at history books or your own upbringing or what you're expecting your son to go through, do you find that the school books kind of erase the past of anyone who's not from white European descent? I, that does happen sometimes, but 
it's it's also important to tell the stories, the human stories. My, you know, my mother, when she was a child, my grandmother had to measure their feet with string. And she would take, and there were five of them, when they needed new shoes, she would take the string to the shoe store to get their shoes because they weren't allowed to go in and try on shoes. So it's remembering those stories and sharing those stories. But my biggest challenge right now and something that I, I, I keep bringing up and asking other people is, you know, how do you, how do you get other people to feel that empathy when that's never happened to them? They don't have anyone to tell them that story. You know, how do you get someone to understand what it feels like to be isolated? How do you, you know, immerse them in that sort of environment? And so when talking to the PTA or talking to the school system, have you gotten positive responses to the ideas? I've gotten positive responses. I'm, I'm certainly happy about the new committee that's been formed as part of the Board of Education. Um, but I don't think that's enough. And it's not enough to just have a training once a year before you go back to school or, or mid-year for teachers. This is something that has to be done constantly and constantly enforced. And you need help from the community as well to come together to support this. And now to go a little bit outside of Frederick County, but you know, a little national, why is it right now a particularly good time to make sure that we're including diversity in our school system and our curriculums? Because, well, I mean, look, the, you know, the, the conversation every day, all day is about racism and, you know, how people are feeling about racism and folks who feel like they've been marginalized and ignored. And there's something to that. You know, the folks that voted for our current president, a lot of them really feel like they have not been listened to. And until we start listening to one another, and it's not just about listening with your ears, you have to feel it. You have to to get in there and understand it and really want to understand. So that's exactly what I want to see happen here. And and are you hopeful that by the time your son gets through elementary school that he's going to be learning more about um, the history of Latino Americans, Black Americans, Asian Americans, those from other places besides Europe? I'm certainly I'm certainly hopeful for that. And, you know, it's important for my son. And there are a lot of other lessons that go along with him being, you know, he's a, a black young man. And, you know, the things that I'm going to have to teach him to watch out for. White parents won't have to worry about that and don't have to worry about that. Um, And he's going to get those lessons anyways. It's children who don't look like him, really, who will benefit most, probably, from that exposure and from these lessons and from this understanding. And so in in your mind, um, you know, when you talk about um, Black History Month, is that at least a, you know, a good start to make sure we're really teaching that in school? Or 
should, is it time to move past that and be like, this needs to be taught every day, every year? It, it has, to, I definitely think it has to be taught every day and every year. And it, not just at school, but also at home. Black History Month is something that, for me, I hold on to because that's at least something where I can say, okay, well, this is some, this is a month that's nationally recognized. So why can't you at least do something here? And when I was shut down, just trying to do that, well, then I had to do something more. And just in general, in Frederick, do you generally feel like the rest, of the the community is accepting of those who are not white? I haven't. It's it's certainly not like Peachy County, um, and you know I haven't. People have been very nice. You know, when we moved here, I didn't know anyone. And um, I've certainly made huge efforts to get to know lots of people. And people have been nice and friendly and warm. Um, we did have one incident where uh, I was playing, uh, or my son was playing in our front yard with my neighbor's kids. And we live at the end of a cul-de-sac. And a white truck comes riding by with a Confederate flag on the back something I've never seen in PG County. And um, so that was disheartening. Mm. And having to have that conversation with my child, my, at the time, five-year-old, about, well, this is what that's about, and this is what that means. And when you see that, um, watch out. And just with, you know, as a mother, what is it like having to go through those conversations and having to teach a five-year-old what that means? It's very hard. It's very hard. And that's what I'm talking about when I say other parents, white parents, trying to understand that, what that's like for me. You know, I don't have to just, it's not enough that I just have to worry about, you know, keeping him alive, making sure, you know, that nothing happens to him. Um, you know, in the house or when he's playing outside or, um, you know, when he's in the pool. There are all these other worries that I have and that I have to be concerned about every single day. Um, And it's a lot. It's a lot for me. It's a lot for him. And, you know, there are conversations that my mom had to have with me you know, always realize that you have to be more, you have to do more, um, you have to, you know, strive to be better than the best. And, you know, I just didn't think I'd still be here teaching those same lessons to, to my child. So what you're talking about in the school system is a relatively large change, a good change, but a large change. So in, yeah. in the meantime, what are some of the small steps that the school system or other parents or just people in this community in general can start taking? So w- starting with the PTA, um, I actually had met with uh, my PTA for my son's school last night, and we're talking about having a cultural festival. There are some other schools here in the county that do that. Um, and when I talked to Dr. Keith Harris, he confirmed, you know, they do that on their own. It's, it's not mandated or, or required. Um, so trying to 
get things going with the PTA within the school, I mean, that's something that can happen right away. Um, and my goal is to do something every single month. So that's, that's what I'm aiming for. All right, perfect. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and telling us about this. Thank you. Education reporter Katrina Pereira and I worked on the story together for the Frederick News Post. She spoke to a Board of Education member about bringing more diversity to the FCPS curriculum. My name is Michael Benitsky, and I am a member of the Board of Education of Frederick County Public Schools. Tell me about the Racial Equity Committee and what its purpose is. Um, the Racial Equity Committee is intended to be a board committee to give recommendations to the board after it does research in uh, areas that we're trying to fix, um, things like uh, disproportionality of suspensions, um, hiring practices, uh, making sure that students, uh, all students of all races, have opportunities for higher uh, level classes. Uh, we want to make sure that that um, everyone has an equal opportunity to advance in our school. Um, so tell me why you started working to get this committee implemented and why it's important to you. Well, having taught for 41 years um, and living in the era of civil rights, I, I, I recognize that people um, of, of different races um, and different um, economic levels get treated differently. Um, we have, uh, and, and it's not intentional always. Um, obviously, there are some intentional ones, but in education, uh, most teachers love their kids and they want their kids to succeed. But we all come with unintended biases, and that manifests itself in the way in which our students uh, think and feel about themselves. And so we want to make sure that they're seeing themselves in, I was a history teacher and government teacher, so I want them to see themselves in our history. We want to see themselves and give them role models uh, to advance in life. And um, as a board member, I have an opportunity to look back at how uh, it's been addressed in my career in education and, uh, and possibly help make some changes. So this is an opportunity to make those changes. And we have always addressed disproportionality in suspension rates. And I think some of that is just the subjective nature. Obviously, if, if a, a child um, uh, it becomes violent, they're going to be suspended. But if a child, child mouths off, um, we should have other uh, opportunities. We should have some way to explain to them uh, that their behavior has consequences and to fix that behavior. Is the new committee going to work on addressing the lack of teachers of color in the in the school system and maybe working to in um, working to recruit more? Yes, it's one of the charges. There there is a category. I, I don't remember them offhand right now, but there's a, a number of categories that the expectation is that the committee will research them and come back to the board with recommendations on how to help fix them or at least attack uh, the issues and try and get them better in the future. And one of them is our our hiring practices. We we each year we have attempted to guarantee that we hire more minority candidates, uh, getting them is, is often an issue. So um, it, the hiring part isn't as difficult as making sure that we look attractive 
and that we offer opportunities to people maybe in other areas I'm not sure where we're not looking so this committee should look at what we're doing and then make some determinations as to what we could do differently and hopefully what we could do better Desiree Tucker is has formed an organization called Women Solve and is pushing for more diversity to be implemented into the FCPS curriculum. Any thoughts on that? Is that something that might be possible in the future? Is that something the committee is working on or will be charged to work on? Well, the committee has its charge right now, but the committee can come up with other things. And looking at diversity within our curriculum, I believe is one of them. So looking at it versus writing it is a completely different story. So getting the curriculum committee involved um, would be part of it. We have had in the past in the state of Maryland education that is multicultural and the social studies uh, and science and math and English have addressed that in some way, shape or form, but obviously not enough. So having someone um, that has an outside group that is, is going to follow along and make, uh, make, make this an issue for themselves, they will help drive the committee uh, to look at possible solutions and areas we can go and hopefully give some recommendations to the board that we can take to the curriculum and instruction committee and uh, include in our curriculum. We have to follow uh, the Maryland State curriculum, but that doesn't mean that's all. We can always add. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's room for improvement among um, improving sort of relations between students and how students interact with each other and helping them learn, you know, about different backgrounds and and that sort of thing? Well, that happens uh, in classrooms. It happens uh, almost every day in classrooms. Getting teachers to recognize their implicit bias and deal with it uh, on a daily basis will help kids. But we also have our Student Government Association. The Frederick County Association of Student Councils is um, doing, um, I think it's called uh, student talks, and they're going to schools and, and uh, helping uh, individual students to recognize the differences among the groups and bring the groups together, and more importantly, to recognize the commonalities among the groups. So uh, our student government is working on that uh, really well. I'm very proud of what they've been doing. Michael, thank you so much for being on. Thank you very much for having me. So Katrina now joins us in the studio to talk a little bit about the background of this article as well as some of the other responses from the school system. So welcome, Katrina. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I guess, you know, let's talk a little bit about why we wanted to report on this story. So I was approached by a mother of an FCPS student, um, and she expressed some concerns that she had about um, diversity that was represented in the curriculum and what her son was learning. And she kind of just wants to make sure that, you know, minorities are represented in the curriculum and the books and, you know, all the materials that students find in the classroom. And she wants to make sure that uh, diversity is celebrated and incorporated as much as possible. And so now we talked to Desiree Tucker, who is the mom that you talked about um, a little bit earlier, and she mentioned a couple incidents in school. So with talking to the school system, is this something that they acknowledge is happening? Um, the school system acknowledges that they can incorporate more diverse voices into the curriculum, and that's something that they are definitely uh, striving towards continuously. And now you talk to a lot of members of the school system, whether it's Board of Education members or even the superintendent's team. Um, 
what are some of the things that they are doing right now to try to incorporate more diversity? So I spoke with one of the curriculum uh, specialists and he said that, you know, when they look at materials to purchase for the classroom, they are, you know, they always make sure that they're incorporating different authors, whether that be women authors, uh, authors who are people of color, um, who have different cultural backgrounds. And then, you know, even at the elementary level, when they buy books, um, you know, they make sure that the pictures in those books represent children from around the world and not sort of materials that have this more Eurocentric uh, focus. So that's one big thing they're doing. And, you know, he said sometimes it's a challenge to find publishers that have a variety of options, but, you know, it takes time and they're constantly striving towards uh, more diverse material. And then Additionally, on the Board of Education side, they just launched a new committee called the Racial Equity Committee, of which they're looking for members currently, and they're hoping that that new committee will come to the board with any suggestions on how it can address racial equity within the school system and make any improvements. Perfect. And you talked to a teacher as well who's in the school system. What yes. were some of his experiences? Mr. Hansen is a history teacher at Tuscarora High School. And he just recently attended a workshop over the summer in Washington, D.C., where he learned, along with other educators from around the country, he learned, um, you know, about ways to address certain topics that have maybe been glossed over in history lessons in the past, such as Reconstruction, uh, post-Civil War, uh, you know, type situations where there was a lot of violence against groups of minorities and maybe some aspects of Reconstruction have been forgotten about or not talked about in your traditional history class. So, you know, he learned how to bring those topics back to the surface and make sure he's addressing every side of the story. Now, outside of the school system, we did talk to a couple of residents who grew up in Frederick County for the story. Um, anything that about their experiences that stuck out to you? Okay, sorry. Tell me the question again. <laughs> um, anything that stuck out when we were talking to David Key? I think one thing that stuck out to me is a lot of the people that we talked to mentioned Frederick's history and how Frederick was segregated for a long time. And they think that the students of today tend to forget that, that, you know, their own hometown was once not exactly the best place for people of color. And that's something that really stood out to me. And, you know, the fact that people want students in FCPS to learn about that and that they're not necessarily learning about that right now. Um, you know, they want them to take a tour sort of through their own backyard and, and learn where they come from. All right. Perfect. Well, anything else you think people should know about our story? No. All right, perfect. Well, you can read um, Katrina and my story in Sunday's uh, copy of the Frederick News Post. Um, well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. A quick note before we go. The Unity Campaign kicks off Wednesday. The campaign encourages donations for 32 nonprofits in the county that help asset-limited, income-constrained, employed households. The campaign runs from September 11th to September 22nd with the goal of raising $525,000. Donations can be made to the charities through MobileCause, a nonprofit fundraising software at app.mobilecause.com backslash VF backslash 
Unity Frederick. United Way, which runs the Unity campaign, also takes checks. And through mobile calls, people can donate through text. Frederick Uncut is produced by me, Heather Mangilio, and edited by Graham Cullen. We'll see you next week.